<laughs> oh no, I mean, are we ready for yep. podcast? <clears throat> It's October 31st, 2012, and it's Halloween. This is Idle Thumbs 81. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake <laughs> And I'm Sean Vanneman. And Jake is not with us tonight. He's been replaced by a child. <laughs> <laughs> you did that wacky voice. <laughs> that's, that's true, Jake. I did that wacky voice. Oh, I'll be off killing myself. So was Jake's a- off killing himself tonight. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Have a- you guys seen that, that news video? With the guy like standing in for Dana tonight, who's off he was set on fire and killed while celebrating his birthday. Yes. He just skipped two lines in the yeah. teleprompter. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> games. Oh, speaking of games, tennis is a game. Oh yeah, we played a tennis. Tennis. Oh, we played tennis earlier today. Yes. Uh we played a uh this crazy game that is is one of those it's one of the category of games that's you can only really play either at festivals and jams and stuff or through getting a kind of pseudo illicit build from someone else like um like nidhog nidhog is is kind of one of those right Pole now riders like, Pole riders is on the internet you know, oh it's so internet. good yeah but that game's free for everyone um there's this yeah there's been this kind of this weird uh, trend of, of like games event like games, yeah, 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 event games that the that the creators don't like. Seem isn't to JS be... Joust one of those still currently? Um, yeah, you can't really acquire. Kind of. I think you that's, that's gotten it through, through the, the Venus, Patrol the Venus Patrol Oh right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's in a weird. It's that's games in kind of a weird halfway state. Um, but there do see, but it's similarly that one has not been commercialized by. Like there seems to be a resistance on the part of uh, some of these developers to bother like putting in. I guess the. Time and effort for compatibility and monetizing them. Well, Joust is a stuff. weird one just because it's uh, move controller based and on a yeah. Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's and, very strange. And this antennas like like uh, Nidhog requires two actual humans in the same room, which makes it a little, I guess, a little bit harder to necessarily sell. Like, there's no online multiplayer. There's no single player mode. Um, anyway, nor should the, there be. No, no. Definitely, the identity of it is very wrapped up in having someone there. So, what this game is. It looks like it basically looks like Pong. It looks like Pong yeah, with a little it, bit it, more visual set dressing. It looks like an old Atari Twenty Six Hundred tennis. Yeah, yeah. You, you, your, your character is a little like two by two pixel block that you move around a tennis court, and the only controls are left stick on the controller to move and to indicate the direction of your of your swing, and then you hold down the B button, uh, and the longer you hold it down, the more you charge up your shot, and when you let go, you swing at the ball. What's crazy? And the swing is non. Art. There's no art for the swing. Yeah, just it's a an bigger, swing. another yeah. big square pops out of your guy, kind of at the angle that you're yeah. hitting, yeah. and so it just snaps to the ball. So if you're anywhere near the ball, you will hit hit. You'll hit it if you're near it when you release B. Yeah. So it's just one of these games where, like Nidhog, the mechanics are very simple. You're just hitting. You're for the most part just hitting the ball back and forth, but they're so they're tuned so well, and it's so yeah. 
there's there ends up being a huge amount of nuance largely because you and your opponent are essentially trying to read each other and and predict where they're going to hit the ball or where they're not going to be or it, whatever. It's, it's worth pointing out that while the game looks like an Atari 2600 tennis game, by and large, it has a couple sort of higher fidelity touches to mm-hmm. enable that. Like, your character is a big pixel block but doesn't move. Like, on a huge, chunky grid, your character's oh, movement yeah, is yeah. really smooth. The ball yeah. is almost a perfectly round object, and it has, like, scale and bounce and shadows and stuff, so you can you can track mm-hmm. it pretty well. A nice trail. And yeah. a nice little trail. And there's motion blur on your yeah. weird fake swing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's really cool. It's, uh, it actually, well, the, the cool thing about it for me, I used to play tennis, um, and I haven't in, in years at this point cause I'm lame, but, uh, it actually really successfully captured the feeling for me of you take your serve, then you immediately kind of move in and you've got that, that ongoing kind of rushing the net feeling where you want to close the distance and get those really strong, uh, hits right from the net to just knock it way out of your opponent's, you know, uh, uh reach. Um, it's got that, it's got that feel when you get into a, when you get into a really quick volley, especially up at the net, it really feels authentic to tennis to me, which is really crazy considering how, how seemingly low fidelity is just at, you know, at a quick glance. Yep. Uh, it's, it's really, yeah, when you get a good volley going in this game, it feels fast paced in a way that's, that feels authentic, but also yeah. probably can only be achieved in a video game where the ball is actually just going back and forth, but, uh, it's, it's really good. Yeah. It's a crazy thing. There's also really there's the more you also the more you play it, the more you uncover the weird uh, video game bullshit. Video game bullshit that's in there. If you, like your guys' dark past, that's true. Your origins, uh, Tenna's Origins is coming out next year. Mm. Uh, it'll explore that. That's the commercial release. Details. Yeah, um, but you can do weird things like tap the ball during a serve, and or I mean presumably any hit, and then before the ball has crossed the net run up to it real quick and hit it again to redirect it. Um, just goofy things like that. Yeah, you can basically prime the ball rules. for yourself. Yeah. You can run yeah. around to the other side of the court and hit the ball yeah. or attack the other player, which makes you lose. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you strike the other player, you immediately <clears throat> forfeit the game. Basically. This game also makes Sean an, an enraged man. Oh, I can't play games like this. It's really, really fun. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to that thought. I think <laughs> those sounded like two different thoughts. Yeah, well, it was there was an implied butt in there. I can't, but these games, yeah, Sean was I get, being a bit of an implied butt when we were playing this game. Oh, it was there. an explicit butt. Yeah. yeah, I just get really, really, really worked up, and it's always like it's the same thing. Like, uh, like I can play golf okay, and like I play the sports in general, and or any sort of game of skill that is so has such a high fidelity of of. Uh, control i guess where like where input to output is represented so it's so crisply yeah, crisply yeah. represented yeah i'm really i'll get in the just furious instantly because it's all like my brain is way further ahead of what i wanted than my hands are right sure and you're just, imagining the exact arc you have in mind and yeah and i'm like, like oh, this, you're a couple this, and this. And that's all the difference wait a second yeah yeah, yeah. so these games i mean that may be the uh the source of my anger but it generally just comes across as wanting to do immediate damage to things in my vicinity yeah so i played two matches and then just recused myself <laughs> from anything else yeah i had the same experience with top spin tennis which is a game that um on my last job we got really really competitive in playing what platform breaks. was top spin on or was that like it's on 360 okay yeah i think we played yeah it was yeah we played the early three like it was a first gen 360 game right when the 360 came out and all the iterations since have been really great uh, i think i've played the latest one 
but it's it's more of a I mean it is a tennis game and it's shot from behind your characters as opposed to left to right. It's like your guys got shorts on and stuff. He's got yeah shorts on mm. definitely definitely. Sometimes you a headband. stripe on there. Oh, a headband. headband. Yeah. yeah Wristbands. Yeah, yeah. White tennis shoes, of course. Cool. Mostly. Does it have an audience? Oh, did you guys, or did you guys play what? that Rockstar table tennis game either? I had the same experience with that. I, we, there, I played we, it a couple times. Yeah, I played it a little bit yeah. when it came out. Yeah. Anyway, but this game is completely different in the fact that it's... It's the same in its effect on you. Oh, yeah. It is very, very, very similar in its effect on me. And Just uh, before, rapid, rapid fire failure. Before I forget, <laughs> I, should, I should mention who actually made this. This is... Um, one of the guys, one of the two guys from Vlambeer, which is the Dutch studio that made Super Crate Box and uh, that weird Serious Sam like 2D spinoff game, uh, for people who know that. Um, they're coming out with uh, loose browsers soon. This is Jan, I'm going to say this wrong, it's a Dutch guy, but Jan Willem Nijman. I'm, I'm sure that's like That's not the name of his I saw on Twitter. Wrong. No, on Twitter currently he is John Willem Wolfman. Oh, oh so. man. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. This being our Halloween episode, we will only refer to game developers from here on out by their Halloween names. So do we have to find them on Twitter before we? Uh, no, we can just or we can manufacture. Them up. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, that's probably fine. That's fair enough. Um, we probably so, yeah, won't this, do that. So the game is by the game is by that guy. Steve Goolnar. It's spelled C E N N N N E S, and there is basically no information about this game on the internet. I feel bad for talking about it because. I can't. I don't think there are any screenshots or video. Like it, it occurs a couple times with that guy Doug Wilson mentioning it mm-hmm. on Twitter in direct. The guy who made uh, JS Joust. yeah. And that's like the only reference to it on the yeah, internet. Well, they, during the break, we'll let's. Well, during the break, let's fraps a couple little playthroughs and put it up on the blog. Maybe you can. can we do that? that? <laughs> Is that allowed? It's allowed. You're promising something. It takes two seconds. Awesome. It'll be fun. Okay. Check it out at the blog. Okay. It's gonna be there. Check out these videos Sean made and put on the blog. If this is not edited out, it's probably on the blog. I hate you guys. All right. Ruining my Halloween. <laughs> it's Halloween. Oh, you're making it's better, it better now. Um, good. Yeah, it, yeah. It's the sort of game that actually would be fun to stream live on the internet. Oh, yeah. yeah we should do that. Yeah. That's the thing we should do. All right. So during the break, we'll be streaming this live. Uh, so. <laughs> Well, I, I'm actually the, the the reasons that I wonder if it's actually a good streaming game are the same reasons. In retrospect, it's kind of a ridiculous game to talk about because right. there's nothing like there's nothing for anyone to grab onto. Like we've talked about this, we would just have oh, to make really interesting, faces, precise, really, yeah. cool thing, but that's totally abstract. And then similarly, watching it being played, it's just us screaming. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. not ever having played it. Like it's hard to right. understand why it's. Feels cool to play, but I mean, we could try streaming I think, it. Sometime I mean, and see. Nidhog is a game that's incredibly fun to play, but that game is also really fun to watch. And I mm-hmm. feel like this game yeah, that's true. probably isn't as extreme as Nidhog in that regard because with Nidhog, it's you know two fencing guys and yeah. one person will like throw a sword halfway across the level and yeah. impale someone well, in the head. And there's the like progressive moving from screen to right. screen, right. and the, but like, it's exactly like I thought about watching pole riders. But mm-hmm. in in this game, mm-hmm. like uh, Chris, when we were playing on the ice level. Also, this game has an ice level because it's a video game. It has, it has, it has a grass court, a clay court, and an ice court. Yeah. Um, but when, we were, pl- when we were playing absurd. on the ice court, we were just slipping around like complete idiots. But yeah. that was when we had some of our best volleys. And, oh, absolutely. And Sean, you weren't playing, but you were like – That was the time – you were crying um, because you broke things. No, it, you were – you were actually interested in the volleys that were occurring during Oh, yeah. No, no, it was really fun well, to we'll, watch. We'll yeah, yeah. a few after yeah, – yeah. during the break, I guess. I guess we'll do Why that. are you being, what do you, what do you gotta, 
What? I'm know. saying we'll do it. I'm saying I you convinced me that it's a worthwhile game to it's, watch. It's it is. Yeah. It's a game that I like I wish just could exist. I bet yeah. it will. Maybe. Maybe it's, not. it's interesting that there that there is this whole there seems to be, you know, Paul Rogers is obviously publicly available, and then there's stuff like Nidhogg and this, which aren't really like there, there's this. There seems to be a, a certain strain among a certain group of people, many of whom seem to know each other. I mean, I think guys like Bennett Foddy, and, yeah, the sort and, of like in-person social experience game stuff. Yeah, from from a, a, a certain group of people who tend to go to a lot of these festivals, um, that are these games that are very simple, have very simple inputs, but actually have huge amounts of depth in the multiplayer. Uh, competition it's it seems to be in the last couple of years there's there's been a weird resurgence of that but you can hardly any of them can actually be widely obtained which is really weird yep i wonder i wonder what the yeah i wonder what's going on with that a frustrating thing is going on yeah it is kind of frustrating because it's an it's a really cool area of game design i think like most really strenuously competitive games um like starcraft 2 or like the the lord's management games um those games they're they're great uh, player versus player dynamics and mm-hmm. like really cool strategy and and um, like faking other players out and stuff like that. But they also are the most complicated games even to do anything in. Yeah, you know, like they're, they're just they require so much knowledge before you can even take step one. Right. Whereas um, whereas like, these games have a lot of yeah. That depth, Nidhogg, but, when when it's actually being put on by but Messhoff, the guy who mm-hmm. makes it, when it's actually being shown, like when it was at the Independent Games Festival at GDC a couple of years ago, or when it shows up at events it's played with an nes controller yeah so it's just a d-pad and two buttons yeah and and jake you pointed out yeah like uh, tennis or tennis whatever this is since it's just stick plus one button and the stick the analog stick isn't speed variant at all you could play it with an atari 2600 controller you could play it with a joystick with one button and uh yeah which is super just yeah it's super pick up and playable but at the same time yeah like you said the mechanics of this and things like uh Nidhogg or Joust are you can become destructively good at them. Mm-hmm. It's weird, yeah. um, and uh, it's it's actually fairly amazing that for a game that can be controlled uh, with just nothing but direction and one button, it's amazing how expressive it is. Because even though you only have even though movement in terms of velocity is is binary on the input side, um, momentum is really important, and changing directions influences your velocity, and all all those things that are true about movement um so you you end up traveling at a huge uh variety of speeds at any given moment but you're only using one speed input you know to express it like it the amount of of total player expression is huge from incredibly limited inputs which is really amazing i mean games like that that are tuned that are tuned really well um like that are i find really incredible from a design standpoint uh because they need to they need to not assume too much or too little um, from very little information. Yeah, it's cool. Did either of you guys... Okay, so this I was reminded of this because this game has kind of got a vintage <laughs> thing going mm-hmm. on aesthetically. I think a couple weeks ago we talked about this for two seconds, but did either of you guys end up playing or even looking at Hotline Miami? Yeah. No. Did you actually play it? Yeah. Okay, because I, I own it. <laughs> okay, I I put about a half hour into it at lunch today. Oh, I and this fucking game, that game is, is, is like drugs, but bad drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's like drugs, but well, bad drugs. Yeah, it's not good drugs. It's no, fucking it, horrible. Hotline Miami <laughs> does such a good job of of, bad of, drugs. of just evoking through mechanics and aesthetics 
a really very specific feeling yeah. that is really gross. Like you just just in sort of the film, you you're just, able to ugh, you feel describe the game in a second. You but feel yeah, no. tired and sweaty. Like you feel like your yeah. clothes are clothes you've been wearing for three days just by playing the game. For like I've been on, that's why. So I've been I haven't played this game, sorry. so I'm not gonna have a lot to contribute. But I'll just say now before you guys get into it because I'm curious to hear this. That's why I haven't played the game. You like, would like this the, game though, which is I would like this I game. Think you, you would, would like, like this game. I've heard people control, tell me these. Nick Brecken predicted I would hate this game. I um, think given that I you were like able, it mechanically a lot. I yeah, think sure. given that you were able to get over slash appreciate Binding what the creative content in Binding of Isaac yeah. is trying to do. Yeah. Hotline my Hotline Miami would yeah, that's fair would, would, would I'll give it a shot. I'll just the the I'll just quickly say like no, the no, reason no. and and again, you know, you can't really judge anything by by just a trailer or a screenshot or anything, obviously. But just, you know, as like just my knee jerk to seeing the trailer for this game. I was so just repulsed by <laughs> yep. just that every trailer was just yeah, nothing. For sure. Shotgun to face again and again and again. Well, I'm like, I don't. That's what the game feels this like. This is just gross. It's like, I just can't. I don't want to be part the of this. The funny thing is, is there's a nuance and precision to the execution of the aesthetic yeah. that cannot be unappreciated. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it well, is. And then, you know what the final, you know what the final straw was for me not playing this game, at least in that initial appraisal, which isn't to say I won't, you know, go mm-hmm. right now, but like there, they then released a live action trailer that just looked like the most fucking. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't. Oh, it was just like you saw Drive, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like a a fucking dude saw Drive and just like that's a thing and then that's happening made this right live now, action. I mean, yeah, it was like, like right a now. guy <laughs> in an elevator ruining with his Halloween and like a bloody bat. Like it was just so that yeah. sucks. And I'm really glad I didn't see that trailer. Yeah, but the. I mean, in Hotline <laughs> the, Miami, you're – well, go ahead. I just – oh, God. I wanted to just like run the basics oh, yeah, of it ahead, by. Go ahead. It's a game where you – it's it's set in the like late 80s. The I 80s think. in Miami, yeah. Yeah, and you are – you're an assassin who lives in a – or like a just hired killer who lives in a dumpy apartment. But the game, it's obviously trying to evoke the sort of like super ultra-violent 80s crime aesthetic – but the thing the thing that it evokes specifically in that is really really quick sloppy fight scenes that are always like the highlight of that kind of genre like it's a it's a game where if you get shot you die but it's also you're touched if you die yeah you just your guy just gets wiped instantly and it's immediate respawn like binding Mm -hmm. of isaac or super meat boy or something so it's just like it's more like super meat boy and binding of isaac you have health oh that's true yeah yeah but um, it's very much like Super Meat yeah, Boy. Yeah, yeah. so, you can die like maybe a hundred times in a minute. It's got <laughs> right, it's right, got right. a little bit of stealthiness to it in that you can sort of get the drop on guys. But it's basically yeah. you're in a top-down room full of just generic bad guys who are like guards who are armed with melee weapons or with weapons uh, or like guns. Uh, and your objective is basically to get to the end. To you get to, get to the, the goal. There's sometimes like a briefcase sometimes it's just and to get kill out. all of them. Yeah. But – the rapid pace of it plus the very specific mechanics that it has on top of just kill guards makes all of the sequences play out like act three of a really drug addled eighties movie in the most successful gross way. Like you can knock guys over by just pressing forward and getting a little bit of a run up on a door, which are kind of momentum based. So like these sequences where you bust into a house and knock over the door guard, pick up his knife, jump out of the way of the shotgun guy, throw the knife across the room and kill that guy, pick up the shotgun. Then another guy kicks the door down. You blow that guy away, pick up a baton, beat up, like smack a guy, which knocks his weapon out of his hands. Then, then press your knees against his shoulders and punch him four times in the face till he dies. And all of that is like eight seconds. Yeah. It's all like hilariously fast. It's the sort of thing that, 
it feels so much in your brain like scenes like that that you see in just good bad like 80s crime movies or yeah, like have a thing you seen like drive? drive yeah or like drive okay yeah but it's a thing that I think, like a death wish movie or something like that uh it's it's maybe it's, I, don't, I don't know i don't know yeah sorry go ahead it's, keep going oh i, I was just going to say it's a thing that this game creates those feelings <laughs> and has that that pacing and that that uh like high density of event occurring that you can only i think do in a game in a top down or yeah, it's, in, it's, in a 2D thing like if this game tried to do that in a way that's aesthetically also matched the way that those films are shot or even like look i don't think it would be possible to do just because the amount of information that your brain can process Oh, I think you were talking about this actually, Sean, on um, one of the previous podcasts about the Castlevania guy at GDC talking about 2D versus 3D. Yeah. And Hotline Miami is a really good example of that. Yeah, me. you couldn't have the sort of like precision, weird, like the high fidelity of your rapid brain fire is just able to process 3D. Since you only have to worry about two axes. Yeah, you can get you, you the can, whole thing. Yeah, and yeah, it just it, it gives you the a simulation correctly of being able to process information as fast as maybe you think that you could if you were a character in a film in that scenario yeah. that I don't think you'd be able to do in a game that had another presentation. Mm, no, I agree. It's also weird that it just looks like old GTA games but has... It looks like GTA 1 or 2. Yeah, yeah. but has heinous, horrible levels of violence far beyond anything that GTA games have ever had but yeah. are always accused of having. Right. Um, uh... The amount of just the the this blood spray and just like yeah the, yeah that stuff is over the, the top. But the, I mean, I think the the, the the like fragile nature of human life. I saw someone actually compare it. They were saying, I saw an article in which someone said, if you're going to compare this to any Rockstar game, compare it to Manhunt. Huh? Manhunt seems more. I never played cold. Manhunt. I didn't either. But Manhunt I, I was got the impression that Manhunt was a lot slower paced and like. I don't have any opinion on it. I just huh. yeah, I don't know. I didn't play Manhunt. Yeah. I don't know. It's not necessarily a game that I really like, but it's a game that I'm going to keep playing. <laughs> I don't really know how to describe it. Um, like, I don't think... I don't know. Like, it is just so... The execution on it's really great, though. Just a sort of, like, VHS-style, almost, like, film over the cutscenes and the way the color colors sort of warp on the title screen. And then you have these... That stuff actually reminds me of Nidhogg. Where yeah. it's sort of retro aesthetic, but and also actually, oh, uh, Tennis well. also does yeah, that. Tennis does that too. Retro game, but then also looks a little bit like it's an artifact pulled from an yep. old era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it does all that stuff really well. I love the first. And it, I don't know. I'm kind of the fact that the first mission is like at the Brickle Metro stop in downtown Miami. Like that's like a real place. <laughs> like it's just really sort of strange yeah. in that level of execution, which is something that the GTA games never do because it's a man. It's always made up. How far? Yeah. How far into that? Into into it are you? Oh, I'm like three missions in. I'm not very far. Okay, I'm yeah. only a couple missions in because you know how uh, it's a goofy touch, but between every mission, you just go to a convenience store or a pizza parlor and buy food. And like the, the clerk always knows you and has your order ready, and I'm assuming that's going to go somewhere probably terrible. But uh, as of right now... Do you I, get the masks in order? You always have a mask on when you I go think to do the, these jobs? I think that you get the first few masks in order, okay. and then you can earn more later on. Do you have a rooster them? mask and an owl mask? Yeah. They give you... That I murder people while wearing, which is horrible. They give you different abilities, apparently. Oh. Which is weird. 
I'd be really interested to hear what you think about the game. Yeah. yeah. But I'm also very, very bad because I'm playing like Wazda with a mouse mm-hmm. and you kind of like have like radial control. I mean, the same way you do in Binding of Isaac. But I, I always play Binding of Isaac with a 360 controller. Mm. Apparently, um, gamepad support is unofficially supported right now. You can sort of modify. Key. No, you can modify um, some some file to add Xbox controller support, but it's officially coming very soon. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, gamepad, gamepad support's coming soon. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... Man, I didn't know you'd been playing Hotline Miami. I just, I just I fired mean, it up today. I mean, playing means I, like, I started okay. playing a couple days ago, but we're really busy yeah. playing a video game. Just yeah. just as an aesthetic thing, I like it a ton. The soundtrack is crazy. The art the is soundtrack's the art is it's just it's a lot of really goofily bold choices that sometimes are bombastic and stupid and sometimes I think are just really strong, but it all works cohesively pretty well. There's also really like sort of better story moments happening than you think there should be. You start off in a tutorial in sort of this really like seedy sort of undefined space. You just feel like you're in the back room somewhere and there are people in straight jackets in three different rooms and that's how you learn to do violence. It's really fucked Jesus. up. Yeah, you would hate it. But this guy is teaching you how to do it and he's like, get the gun, go in the other room, kill that guy. And you're like, what is this? Like it just feels like, Did you like notice, weird though? sort of non-sensory conditioning and then you murder that guy at yeah. the end of the first level. Like you you occur, you like, you, like, uh, your paths cross, your but, paths but cross on an implied different side like, yeah, you make a drop, and then the guy's just like, "Who's there?" And he shows up, and then you have well, to kill him. Yeah, it's very strange. It's so weird. you do the whole tutorial, then you go on this mission with a big cutscene at the beginning. So you're doing a job for this guy that sort of gets interrupted by the guy who taught you the tutorial, but it feels like a happenstance interaction with the guy. It's executed. Yeah, that level it's my of hope nuance. that that and you level murder of him. weirdness keeps happening. Yeah, which is bizarre. I don't. I think you might be turned off by the tutorial, but at least play the first level. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. Anyway, sorry. Wow. Hotline Miami. Game. You should play it, I guess. Unless you um, don't like... I think just- Nick and Steve have finished it. Says their Twitter conversations back and forth. Apparently there's a stealth mission that might be the end of me. That everyone hangs up. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it's weird that that's still a thing people do. We do it accidentally all the time. Stealth Dude, you do it all the time when you're making games that are set pieces like this. That are like... People do it all the time. It's a oh, bad thing. Yeah. It's weird that people always don't catch themselves, though. Yeah. People have mostly gotten away from accidentally putting a huge maze in the middle of their game. But a big stealth puzzle. Yeah. Cut those water levels. Gotta do that, too. Cut that ice court. <laughs> no, double down <laughs> on the ice court. <laughs> There's no lava court. Hmm. Yeah. Where if you step off the edge, it's lava. Mm. The more you, When you said ice court, I thought of night court. And that... <laughs> <laughs> the games keep having these night court levels in them. Yeah, huh. I can imagine Hotline Miami having a night court level. Oh gosh, maybe I keep playing this game. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? I'm taking a break. Taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> Ice court, night court. <laughs> I don't know enough about night court to make any jokes about. That. Oh really? It's like an old. <laughs> no, Bruce I mean I know. Willis, I know. Yeah. I just don't. I don't have anything in my brain. You know what I mean? Like I don't remember. Anything yeah. About it. Video it's just a nighttime level, but everybody has like a little, like the little block has a tie. Video games. Pooched pop screen. Pooched. Pooched pop screen is going to dance. Pooched. Oh, it's pooched. Oh, it's video games. Saying, I wore a chicken helmet. <laughs> I shotgunned a guy in the belly. 
And cut. <laughs> I wore a chicken helmet. I dressed up like an owl and made some guy and made some child an orphan by killing his father in an office building. Cut. Video game. You know what I did want to talk about? What? Kind of a soft opening in case this isn't something we really want to talk about. What? The level of animation fidelity that we were talking about, remember on the panel about like we were talking about animation fidelity being sort of like a sort of on the in, panel when we did at PAX, we we're talking about animation fidelity in, uh-huh. in, in through the lens of spy party Rogue and Squadron. how sort of, Oh, spy party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sort of like how the bad animation was sort of yeah. like almost like a feature. Yeah. Um, got me thinking about Dota mm-hmm. and animation in that game is so, 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 tied to the mechanic down to the like 10th of a second uh-huh i think that's like it, fighting games yeah, yeah 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 um but it's not something you really think about when you think of uh lomas as a casual user no you don't think about animation as yeah like important but like animation stopping and or, or rather like, i think of it as just perfunctory right like it's just right it's just there because it's 3d world it has and to happen need to have it yeah, yeah exactly yeah but i don't think about it but i'm sure that stuff has to be tuned incredibly carefully yeah and I, I remember from um in StarCraft One, and I'm sure I'm sure there's an equivalent of this in StarCraft Two, but it's it's easier to quantify in StarCraft One because mm-hmm. it was all 2D artwork, like frame based. Yeah, exactly. People would like pros would know exactly at what frame like the projectile launches or mm-hmm. you know the guy gets hit or whatever. I mean, like they would know specifically in the animation when everything happens, and they would use that in the actual control of the game, which is yeah. crazy. But, yeah, I mean that's but, all that stuff is in Lomas for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure it's in StarCraft Two as well. It's just it's harder to to someone who is who doesn't just have that in their just down to their core of their being it's harder mm-hmm. to identify when it's not like frames of a 2D animation yeah yeah uh figuring out how to animation how to just animation stop or cancel uh-huh can help you get last hits really easily mm. it's not difficult i'll show you hmm. yeah but uh i had a broader thought i was walking around the other morning and i was thinking about this just how much animation fidelity is. Oh, right. So this is the thing that I think is really like, I think like, I don't want to start a flame war between Dota players and League of Legends players and certainly not, but you're gonna, you don't want to, don't want to start that flame war. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be, don't want to start that online adversarial relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't want to begin it's it. It's pretty, it's been pretty, you won't, you won't begin point, it. So. I guarantee that <laughs> yeah. you might fan a flame. Anyway, you don't want to do whatever, but, but you'll find an unburned But it does occur branch. to me, and I mean, it does occur to me that League of Legends is bullshit. I mean, I'm just oh yeah, it's for babies. <laughs> no, I don't. I have no opinion. It's actually, it's actually a, a Boma baby. Oh, I management. thought that was bowel movement or something. Oh, that's gross. more like no, no poop jokes here, especially not on Halloween. Chris. That's true. Anyway, what was the observation you're going to make about these games? Oh, that there is. So because there's like a flat mechanical platform, like everybody's sort of building on of the same knowledge base of how to make these games. Mm-hmm. I think because so much of the enjoyment of the game and the execution of, of the game is down to like these crisp, finite details, mm-hmm. there is sort of like this fit and finish war that is happening, I think, between uh, the different games that I find really fascinating, which is a thing that in games... Like you're never pushed for that last ten percent in development unless you internally push yourself. Yeah, you know, but especially not on a single player game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because of the market, because of the nature of the marketplace for Lomas right now, it feels like 
not only executing, not only like they just put in a whole bunch of new injured animations over the past six months where like mm-hmm. as your health falls below a certain threshold, your guy starts limping and holding. Yeah. It's awesome. It's really nice. And all the little. So there's like of, a decadence race going on. Yeah, there's this decadence race, but it's also, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's a, but it's in service of the mechanics. It's in service of the crisp, polished final product yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's what you're going to want to see well, in the competitive the, scene and that's what you're going to want to play that's also a lot of the feeling you don't get from from uh and it's you know it's unfortunate because it's expensive to do this but um a lot of times when you play otherwise very novel clever multiplayer games from very small studios mm-hmm. they can just never catch on they can just never get that critical mass and part of it's because you know they don't they're missing a certain amount of marketing and just visibility but part of it's also often when you play when you play, a, especially a 3D multiplayer game from a smaller studio that's like it's their first game or something, right. that really just last few percent of just really finicky crisp, crispness often just isn't there. Right. And you're like, oh, this is a really cool concept. I like this idea. Oh, it's a team-based objective thing with this and that. But like it does, doesn't have that really, really just final thing. It doesn't it's have the last with, 5%, which is actually yeah. the last eight months of tuning or whatever. Yeah, that, and that's yeah, something that I associate with like Halo has that exactly. as well. Like you know, Quake 3 has that, like the game, yeah, uh, yeah, like that just really the crispness to them, even though they're different mm-hmm. kinds of games. Yeah. Um, Blizzard games always have that, um, right. or multiplayer games anyway. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, the, it's, it's really hard to achieve and it's, it's different. It's, it's all the more interesting now, I guess, as you say, because these are, these are free to play games that are just constantly in development. Right. You know, even, and that's even multiplayer the games. aspect of the sort of decadence race, yeah, right? Because right. when you're free-to-play, you do have to just be the prettiest girl to dance. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're constantly bringing in more money, so you've got to reinvest it to keep up with the other guy right. who's constantly also bringing in more money. League of the Riot Games is like the right now the biggest free-to-play publisher in at least North America and possibly the world, and they have one game. It's amazing. Like it's crazy. It's yeah. just, it's nuts how huge these games are, these Lomas. Yeah. It's totally insane. And it, I like the, I like that there's multiple versions of them. I like that there's League of Legends yeah. and I love that because it is creating this, this competition. It's also yeah. creating this sort of, I think that's something that, that isn't there right now. Like around the game. In RTS. Yeah. And not at all. Like, but there's this sort of tone around the game, sort of the community and like, just, the, just why it's actually like financially reasonable and totally makes sense for valve to invest in something like the international Mm -hmm. just to create this sort of like cachet around the game that then sort of informs the level of creative choices that are made within the game which then enforces the sort of stuff that you do outside of the game to promote the game and it's this like design game design slash marketing feedback loop of like capital q quality that i think Mm -hmm. is fascinating and you know the funny really interesting thing about these games um, or the interesting thing, one of the bajillion interesting. <laughs> what is the one interesting the, thing, Chris? I figured really, out, guys. Really, I figured really out the interesting thing. The, yeah. But um, <laughs> specifically with respect to game development, um, as opposed to like you know the gameplay or whatever. But like one of the things I find that I struggle with a lot actually when I'm thinking about these games is that the a lot of the things that I find really important in kind of the creative aspects of games, especially from single player standpoint, mm-hmm. which is like. Um, Stuff I've worked on at Double Fine has been single player. Obviously, Bioshock right. in single player, and like the the certain standards or like minimum thresholds I have for just my personal enjoyment of um, like how a game looks or what it's about or what the characters are like or this or that. Those things are just totally irrelevant, or they're totally differently relevant 
in a multiplayer game like this oh, yeah. than they are in a single-player game. Like, especially when they don't even have a single-player component. Of course. You know, unlike, again, something like Halo or Starcraft or something, which is actually building on um, single-player campaigns in we- like with this weird feedback between the two. But right. in these games, they don't have, they, there's nothing – they don't have to worry about that at all. And no. so a lot of the things that I would criticize just personally – if this were a single player game that was you go through it with a character and there's a story, things that I'll just find really dumb. Right. Like you, you know? don't want to like, be like the flame throwing redheaded girl. Who yeah. Just, it's just ridiculous. Like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but in a game like this, those criticisms are just meaningless. Like right. they just have no, there's basically nothing relevant about them. No, you just, unless you're, you're literally like going to a sport well, and yeah. criticizing the jerseys. Right. Sort of yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that makes it all the more weirder that uh, even <laughs> on top of that, they're not like that because they are s- these very specific right. <laughs> like characters with actual voices with actors who are playing them and all this shit. Like it's it's, ma- it's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. very weird. I yeah. my brain doubles back on its or like my critical brain specifically yeah. doubles back on itself again and again when I'm thinking about like the creative aspect, like the purely like visual and and kind of lore shit in, yeah. these, in these games. Yeah. I find it very hard to come to an opinion on. Yeah. Um, so I just don't and bother the, most of the time. Yeah. Will you be sad when there's a Dota 2 novelization? Um, I'm sure there will be comics. Or will you not I'm sure care. Valve will do a bunch of that stuff. I just won't pay any attention to it. Like that I, Dota 2 documentary is going to be rad, though. Mm. Uh, maybe. I'm really excited about it, though. I think it's really cool that Valve is doing that. I think that's awesome. I know we talk a lot about the sort of multidisciplinary aspects of Valve, yeah. like or Valve sort of spiraling off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That documentary being done by Valve, I think, is really cool hmm. and just sort of interesting to me. Like yeah. what that means. Like I don't know. It's a cool choice. Um, speaking of the the sort of crispness and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff, um, it reminds me, like in reverse of uh, of Hawken, which I've been playing not very much because it's in a sort of limited beta right now, but it's that mech game. Yeah. Uh, that has just this, like, mech yeah, I was super excited about intense. when yeah. like following right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When that thing got announced, I was super excited about it. And then I forgot to even investigate how to get into the beta. So I feel dumb. Yeah. If um, there was even a way there was a, it looks was a really up it, a long time ago. I think a lot of the sort of fervor around it has been because it just looks amazing. Yeah. yeah right? It looks yeah. crazy. Um, well actually what was so interesting about it is that when I first played it, it was in alpha. And I loaded up the alpha and um, this was months ago and it was NDA at the time, which is why I didn't talk about it on the podcast. And so um, uh, whereas now it's in beta and it's not NDA anymore. Uh, and and I loaded it up and I just – it's – I don't know if there's a single player or not or, or what, but it's multiplayer only at least in the alpha and beta, which makes sense. And I joined a server and I started playing a game and, and, I, and, and I'm like – there's something weird about the the geometry here. Like, what's going on? And then I realized it is a le- it was a legit alpha. Like, it was gr- I was playing a gray box map, which I thought was really cool. I've never I <laughs> I've rarely encountered that in an actual public or semi public, you know, even invite only thing. Like, that's usually a thing that you only experience within the development studio, really early in development. Before I know Valve does that kind of playtesting, but I doubt they do it on online service yeah they probably don't put builds out like that yeah it was really cool i i thought it was actually really awesome and like playing the game and getting to know the map when it was just a bunch of bsp basically just big boxes everywhere um was really interesting and, and not an experience i've had playing like somebody else's game uh and i thought that was cool and i i don't have tons to say about it except for that except that when i loaded up the beta today for the first time um the the difference in visuals was like just mind exploding um, because one of the things that this game sells itself on is just how it looks like 
it looks like those crazy cities you see in China that are like just built on top of themselves forever. And there's like just scaffolding coming out of everywhere and like unfinished walls coming like coming out of things. Like I, it's it looks like the crazy future vision of mega cities that you see in like comic books and movies and stuff, but has not has been rarely been achieved in an actual real time right. 3D game. Like it looks like Fallout 3 concept art with like shelled out crazy right. buildings and stuff. Yeah. It's the aesthetic of that game is out of control. Yeah. And the and all the layers over your actual viewport into the world have this crazy uh like transmission looking feeling to them where it looks like you're you know, I mean there's just the amount of transparent transparent things that are overlaid between your eyes and the actual like environment. Mm-hmm. Like all the stuff that's involved in the like the actual canopy of your uh, cockpit and all of the overlays going onto it is just all very, very dense. Like everything's dense. The geometry is dense. The, your HUD is super dense. It's all, I mean, it's just crazy. It looks like how all of the extreme visions of futuristic, like robotic vision. Well, it just looks looks, like, like what a painting of the cover of a mech game looked like, but the game itself never looked like, I mean, like the best more outrageous and broken than that. Like (laughs) the thing that's craziest to me about it is the reason I bring this up in the context of the Dota thing is that this is a multiplayer game and I find myself, I don't know what to make of it because I'll be, it's a multiplayer game where it's really competitive and like someone could just hit me with a rocket at any moment. But but there's all of this shit in front that of you. That you want to look at and you know, go like, over to an experience. Well, but, but not, yeah. well, so there's that. But then there's also just in between me and this guy, there's like just eight transparent layers of like overlays and crazy particle effects and like weird little um, readouts and so things. And it's I a just, situation where the people who are the best at it are going to the people who basically can see through all that shit better yeah, than you. Yeah. And I, it's really interesting in a certain way, but it also seems kind of um, potentially – um, abusable and like, right. are there like config files that people can edit to like chop some of that shit out so they just have a clearer view of things? Like, are people just going to turn down their graphical options to get? You know what I mean? It seems, right. Are people going to try like and blur asking, the textures away? Yeah. yeah. If it was a single player game, I feel like that wouldn't be an issue. Right. You would just accept. This is what the mm-hmm. game feels like, and well, it would be part yeah. of the emotional experience. Well, that's it. exactly what you can do in DayZ is start turning off yeah, yeah, like yeah. your full screen color effect. You can start turning off mm-hmm. your post processing. So when you're wounded in like falling in out of consciousness, you can still see and get the fuck away from the guy who's, who's yeah. trying to kill you. Yeah. Which is crazy that that level of, I mean, and uh, that's because it's a mod though, you know, that's, right. that that stuff is still um, like forward facing. So you can, if you don't turn that off, you're kind of, you're getting a, a less aesthetically pleasing experience, but a more, uh, mechanically Survival. advantageous right, exactly yeah. yeah yeah that's a good point and i didn't try going into the graphical options i, I mean i'm sure some of that stuff just so that it can right. run on more hardware is yeah. able to be turned out but because turned off, it's but. not a mod there's sort of they probably know what stuff they can and can't give access to you yeah but i still think that people who want to be competitive in a multiplayer setting are probably just going to turn as much of yeah. it off as they can how far do you think it's it is between you playing the game casually and sort of you um getting it all feeling really intuitive and like, okay, our rocket's coming from Um, nine o'clock. You know, I'm sure it would not take very long, honestly. Like all of the stuff you need is in the HUD. You've got your, Mm. you know, it's very classical mech stuff where you've got your heat meters on each of your weapons and, and like, or if one of them's a missile, you know, reloads periodically. And, and, you know, you've got your little, uh, kind of mech game or halo style, little radar that has blips when enemies are within, however much distance like just stuff like it's why does it sound so exciting to me 
Sorry. It's really cool. <laughs> I don't know. Computer, <laughs> you just described it as like, oh man, mech shit. Why do I care about mech shit? Like you I play it after I, we're I, done. I played Mech Warrior Two or something. It was the last <laughs> time I played a mech game. I mean, it definitely there is something playing it that feels very, very different. Just because it's a genre that's been really ignored for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I've, I was never even a huge. I was never super into it or anything, but it still feels really novel in a cool way just because it's been so ignored. I mean, games that look this good, you know, games that have this much attention paid to them visually. They're not a multiplayer mech combat game. (laughs) Yeah. In the last few years, that kind of game has been a very specific kind of game. You know, it's been a shooter where you're a guy who runs around shooting people like on foot. That's what that. What if you're like a giant robot guy who flies around a city and shoots a guy? You know, the last experience I can remember of a game that had this specific visual approach to mech stuff was like fear two of all things, or maybe it was fear three. I can't remember, but fear two or three had, um, had a big, big mech to get into with yeah. all the crazy, like video effects, like yep. interlacing and all that shit coming down over your screen. To, and it was a cool effect. Like it sells, it really sells it. Um, and, but you know, that was just a little goofy escapade in the middle of a big first person shooter. It was, you know, it wasn't an actual right. thing. You so sit down and is Hawken a game that you think would benefit from the Oculus Rift? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's it definitely is visually. I mean, like a mech totally game suited to if the Oculus Rift. If there's Rift. any game that should be played with a VR headset, it feels like it's a multiplayer arena mech game. Just because you know the ideal. I mean, this is this is indulgent as shit and ridiculous, but like a the mech. actual way. Yeah, <laughs> if you just built a mech, um, the actual way this game should be played is with something with. Just those glasses that overlay information, but still allow you to see through so them. So you want like the Google glasses, but then yeah. you want the and Google goggles. Always have all your HUD what elements. if you have the Google glasses and then you also have an Oculus Rift strapped on top of yeah, that? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. And so you ha- you still have the full like immersive. But you could simulate that just with one Oculus Rift. But it's – it's. <laughs> no, sorry. Why would you want that though when you could look at the glasses then focus beyond them could. to exactly. your screen? Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Okay. Because that's a thing that is never simulated in games like these is the difference in focus between foreground and background. <laughs> Although people complained that the Oculus Rift did not support that through eye tracking. Oh, really? Did yeah. they complain about that? Because, well, there are um, – That's why you need these two separate there's like There's digital cameras now where it sort of tries to look at where you're looking in the image and will match focus to like where your eye is yeah. tracking. And mm-hmm. there like, were people who said, what? Oculus Rift doesn't do eye tracking and then automatically adjust focal planes? It's like <laughs> who would want that in a game? That would, that would be insane. Would be so distracting. Yeah, yeah that, I think terrible. there are just places where – you need to just give your brain a full image and let it do its own abstracting and not try to simulate that stuff or yeah. you'll be like, my eye is already focusing on a screen but then something is going out of focus inside of that yeah. plane that I'm looking at. Yeah, right. <laughs> it starts detecting your two eyes separately. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the guy who wins is the guy who turns off eye tracking. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I see the whole Hawken, image at once. <laughs> Hagen is an interesting thing. I'm, I'm curious to play it more and I'm sure if I played a bunch of rounds of it i would i would start to just see through all of those elements a lot more easily but the the having played it in the previous in the alpha phase where it was still visually impressive but way 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 less uh, ornate Mm -hmm. um it was just that was my first experience was loading this up and just being totally overwhelmed by just the amount of of just crap that was being thrown in my eyes Mm -hmm. it was crazy i mean it's interesting gross the amount of, the amount of you know the, the number of differently colored pixels like just because everything is like there's yeah. no flat surfaces anywhere right. in this game right. everything is is really hawken is baroque as almost fuck. fractal like yeah. yeah exactly 
it's cool. I mean, it's really impressive. I, you know, I, I, I've, I'm not sure how I feel about it in the context of a competitive multiplayer game, but just purely from an aesthetic standpoint, it's amazing. And I, I'm usually not someone who is a big fan of just kind of ruined cityscapes and just kind of super complex textures and stuff. But like they, they I, I really feel like they sell the aesthetic really well in this. Like it, it makes a lot of sense in the context of, of what they're doing. So, uh, I mean, that's really cool. Sweet. Yeah. Do you guys want to read some mail from readers? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ooh, reader mail. Oh, reader mail. Mail from you, the readers. Reader oh, mail. Halloween mail. I wonder if it's Halloween. Oh, oh it's it, Halloween. I think it is. Mm. Um, Did you hear that lightning bolt? What? The lightning bolt that you just put in right there. <laughs> you Sounds like Halloween. Son of a bitch. Nope, I didn't hear that. I definitely didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, all right. Greg C. writes... Wait, was that another one? I think it might have been. Two things, guys. Oh, no, Chris. What? No, I, yeah, weird. I just don't hear any... I just can't, I can't hear any... Right. Um, oh, I thought I heard If you go back on the table, listen, you'll hear them. Um, Greg C. says, two things, guys. One, I work at GameStop. The other day I was talking to a dude about Call of Duty or some game, and he mentioned something about space. Or, and I mentioned something about space. His response was, I want to know this conversation. That's so. stupid. Who likes space? It's so boring and quiet and dumb. Nothing cool happens in space. I could take it or leave it. I immediately thought of your love of space and then thought about how normal people think space is rad and thought you would appreciate that too. Apparently normal people don't think space yeah, is rad. Apparently normal people God, think I wish space I had an entire transcript of that conversation. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, no. Blobs is twos. You go ahead and get your pre-order in for sure. And then uh, now we can give you a deal. Like the Call of Duty 3 comes with the full DLC pack now for forty nine ninety five. Yeah, so um, space. Like how do you get... Like, <laughs> Right, so anyway. anyway, remember that part in Call of Duty 3 where there was space for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was lame. That was the worst part of that game. Who likes space? space? I don't like space. Space, space. Is space is the worst. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, my. I just meant you look up at the night sky inside of one of the maps. No, that sucks. They shouldn't have sky in those. That's where space is and it's boring. There's a hard three count. He's like, so you listen to the thumbs. <laughs> anyway, baboo, anyway, bye. What was the name of the reader you wrote in? Uh, Greg C. He has another question. Uh, oh. He says... Uh, oh, hmm. I don't know if I'll be able to answer this. Uh, he says, Chris, I was wondering if you could solve a dispute for me. In the original Idle Thumbs theme, Wuxtry, there is a soprano counterpoint line that you wrote starting in measure five, assuming a metronome marking of around 112. All right. Is that line you singing in falsetto or synth strings? If it is, in fact, you singing, would you mind telling Connolly he's wrong and that I win music? Otherwise, I'll admit defeat. Thanks. You guys are the best, Greg C. This um, is the most interesting GameStop on the planet. <laughs> um, There's no synth strings in that, are there? No. I thought it was just synth, harpsichord, guitar, and multiple U's. I'm trying to think. Yeah, and I mean, by U's, you mean so female The only sheep. instruments yeah. going on in the original recording of Idle Thumbs, there's the organ, there's um, electric guitar. There's organ? I, I'm sorry, there's, there's Harps, harpsichord. Like digital harpsichord? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's harpsichord, there's electric guitar. I think there's electric guitar, rhythm guitar, and then there's electric guitar. Like distorted. Very high notes that maybe he's thinking of. Um, oh, maybe, yeah. And then there's a lot of me overdubbing on that. Yeah, stuff. there's like, the, at the end, it's got like the meadly meadlies, like, yeah. wow, yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah. That's probably you singing, though. Just going, wow. <laughs> I, did, I did used to do a lot more, like, high falsetto harmony stuff when I, when I was overdubbing, like, lots of harmonies at the same time. And then I... Like the later idle thumb stuff is more just me singing only like two lines in closer harmony in like a tenor or baritone range. So I can't remember. Um, maybe I'll look it up and reply to this guy because <laughs> I just can't remember. I can't remember at all. I'm sorry, Greg C. I should have read that before 
reader mail, and then I and then I could have looked it up and, and figured it out. Um. Ugh. Anyway, sorry, I dropped the ball on that. Thane Smith says, Dear Thumbs, in the old days, you guys would sometimes remark that video games narratives seem to recycle stories, uh, most often those from Alien, Blade Runner, or more recently, The Hero's Journey. Uh, Recognition of patterns happens a lot in other media, like art or fashion. It's usually seen as a good thing. Sometimes, though, I find myself wishing I could just turn off my brain to enjoy Dead Space. Do you think it's more of a benefit or a hazard to our personal enjoyment to be constantly evaluating games or art in light of what has come before? Thanks. Thanatos from the forums. It's like that South Park episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> where, just, where everything is shit. Where, now. Yeah, and yeah. Stan can only see poop. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I think the thing that he's saying about art, it, within like within fine art or within music, that sort of self-referencing and working within sort of set styles is not what's happening. Well, no, it is all it is what's happening. I mean, people say I, people work in very specific styles, there's very specific eras that it's then considered interesting and acceptable to call back but those are all internal to the medium right that's it's what not, i was saying now it's happening in terms of games so yeah. i think that's that would be a i think i mean i think that does happen within games but it's it happens mechanically that's true mechanically it happens to an extreme degree yeah but as far as creative content like narrative and aesthetic stuff i mean the it, thing it's, that, it's different because it's the thing with it narratively in games is that it just never it seems like almost never is does anything interesting ever actually arise from that. It's right. Like, it doesn't oh, feel there's like another it doesn't feel like, thing. And yeah. it's just, oh, it's a guy who just ends up marching through and killing a bunch of guys and then some stuff happens maybe. I mean, it's just, right. it's all... It's all coming... Or it's just, it's like aliens in the sense that, yes, it's about a bunch of Marines who kill a bunch of, of aliens. Like, I mean, it's just those... I feel like that kind of reuse of, of structure or plot lines or thematic elements or whatever or settings... Tends to just be very like surface level yep. and kind of basic in games. Yeah, I think it doesn't feel like it's sort of a long term exploration yeah, by a medium to yeah. refine. It is. A, it is admittedly a thing that is true of a lot of media in its way older forms. I mean, the notion of mm-hmm. a comedy is a story that ends in a wedding. Yeah, that's true. Like that's not what comedy is defined as. That's also not just a trope that people think of when they think of writing narrative fiction. Yeah, but I. But that was sure. a piece of the medium in its earlier forms that's still i don't think what's happening in games though like i don't think we're gonna have a i don't foresee a an era of meta hero's journey where we've turned that 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 uh form on its head to broaden our potential narrative base i don't see that happening okay that's just not i just don't feel like it's the same thing this feel it feels for a lot of different reasons and i think it's because it's a much more like heterogeneous media landscape now. So the attachment to something is Yeah, I mean it's well, yeah, concrete. It's, it's, it's not it's not a formalized yeah. Like there's no there's right. no such thing as the notion of a hero's journey game. People don't proclaim I'm working within right. the hero's journey form. Also I or think whatever. And also it would be weird if I they think did. the equivalent of that, Jake, as you kind of implied earlier, in games is just more it's it's more of a gameplay thing. It's like mm-hmm. in the sense that if you write a sonata uh, it's that means a very specific thing where it has these movements and you know you this it'll then transpose to like the tonic or whatever and this will happen like very specific things happen when you write a sonata in the same way that when you do a first person shooter it's understood that you'll have these very specific verbs and like the things you change tend to be around the margins like they tend to be little things that make your game right. distinct in but in this version of these you can do this one exactly. other thing right but fundamentally it's like yeah. you've got multiple weapons you select from and you run and jump around and you you know like th- there's these very specific 
core formal elements that yeah. are always there. And like narratively, that stuff just seems very mushy and it's just kind of very general and like uh, perfunctory a yeah. lot of times in games. The one thing I would say, I mean, just to get to the root of there was a question that's like there's almost sort of an ignorance is bliss stand like question being asked, I think. Yeah. Is it like if you not rec- is it is it better to not, not sit here and sort of critic like uh, be so critical of the things that are coming at you and just sort of sit down, like shut your brain off and enjoy them? Isn't yeah. that what was the actual language of the question? Well he was saying maybe he was saying to a certain degree Maybe it would be nice to be able to do that, but I can't. Or like sometimes yeah, I wish that I could I just mean, sit down. I think, and there's, sort of a, I I think even, there's a beta state where you can sort of have a critical analysis brain that's putting media in and thinking about it as whether it's quality or not and what it means to the sort of state of the industry or to you or how it makes you feel and disregard and then enjoy the stuff that is interesting to you yeah. without getting too down on the fact that things are bad. Yeah, I think I mean, that, and that's something that's important to try to do. There's also a couple different ways, though, that things can be not good, right? Like there's there's the – even if you've never heard of the hero's journey before or never seen Aliens or whatever, I think it would still be very possible to play a game and be like, well, this is this is just dumb. Like these characters oh, are Oh, yeah, stupid. yeah. You and don't like, have to be aware of – Pattern recognition yeah. or not. Like no. you can be aware that something's just poorly crafted. And then right. – and then even beyond that, like you see then, that in a lot of actual critique, people just like, "Well, this is trite, and this is I've seen this before," but you know they're not getting down to the depths of like, what does that actually mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's also the then even beyond that, there's like in serious criticism of of you know literature or film or whatever. Then there's like, well, this actually is pretty well crafted, but ultimately there's nothing about it that's all that different from these 18 other things that have happened. It's sort of the way you've been talking about Dishonored. At least I have been, which is like, God, I'm so impressed by this game and so much that's going on, but like the like the formalized creative content like the, the narrative the narrative like the the right. explicit narrative is just sort of yeah. like ugh. tim Jav- javadov writes dear idle thumbs how many different games are you usually playing at a time to narrow it down further are you often playing through two or more single player campaigns at the same time personally while i'm almost always playing more than one game they fill different roles this means i never have more than one single player experience going i won't even interrupt a playthrough because something potentially better is sitting on the shelf it's either worth finishing or not I'm the same way about novels, even though what I value in books usually doesn't have much in common with what I value in games. Uh, sincerely, TTG from the NeoGAF forums. I don't know. With novels, I only read one at a time. Eh, yeah, I'll often read twice at a time. I'll sometimes read two at a time, but that means one of them is on its way out. Uh, yeah, I usually end up having one book that's backburnered. Yeah. But you're holding more in your head with a book. You have so much to yeah, just sort yeah. of keep in line, yeah, names and images, and everything's got to be like filed away so you can jump mm-hmm. around. Like, yeah. With the games, when I'm playing a lot of games, it's not uncommon for me to be playing more than one at a time, but right now, I'm playing one. I'm Is playing that, like three? No, I'm playing Hotline Miami. Sorry, I'm actually, I have two games running concurrently, but just very, very slowly. Which ones? Hotline Miami and uh, Dishonored. Right. Yeah, I'm really getting those narratives confused. <laughs> There's a crazy yeah. game in my brain. With games, it's any, it's just anywhere from zero to three, I guess. Like yeah. I don't, ha- it's it doesn't feel like you don't need to take much with you, like in a game. Right. Usually, I mean the the things that are important to keep with you are <laughs> things like muscle memory that are just involuntary. Right. Like you don't. Yeah. It's not like a book where it's act. It's like actively needs mm-hmm. to be kept in your brain, or it will just fall out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I guess right now I'm playing um, mainly XCOM and Dishonored, uh, and I guess that's pretty much it. And then just like little bits of things here and there, but pretty much just a touch of Hawken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Video Gone writes, I'd like to offer a couple of very belated pronunciation corrections. I thought that guy's name was going to be Video Gong, and for some <laughs> reason that made it's, me happy. Maybe that's what it is. He says, firstly, VGVGVG is not pronounced VGVGVG in the oh. way that you guys pronounced it. There are two faults there. The first is that in classical Latin, there was no V sound. It would have sounded like a W. Also in Latin, all Gs were hard, that is, in games, as opposed to in register. So it'd be wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. Wiggy, 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 then. Secondly, the V rule also implies to in we know Veritas, the well-known motto attached to the wine handler. So in we know Veritas. Uh, Also, the R's in Latin are rolled or trilled. Also, while I'm on my Latin pronunciation, I'd like to add that I was disappointed that Nick Brecken's Skyrim included a character named Cicero who pronounced his own name Cicero when it should be Cicero. All that great cast. Keep it up. So, yeah. One thing I should point out in response to this is that VGVGVG existed as a pronunciation before it existed as a spelled out version of that, as I recall. Or yes. am, I, am I wrong about that? Yeah. So what what actually happened, I guess, is we just spelled it wrong. I guess we, I guess we made up a I phrase that is it. unpronounceable in the yes. language, the fake non-language that we imagined. To which it was referencing. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. We also we we don't want to correct that Nick Brecken was definitely in charge of all character names and pronunciations in Skyrim. Yeah, yeah, that was his job, I think. Yeah, was make entire game. But that character's name was actually uh, Fuck Cicero, but then they they made him take that. It was actually Fuck Kikero, but oh, there was some issues. Yeah, n- People thought nobody would get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Actually, you know what's funny about that is in another Bethesda released game, um, Fallout New Vegas. Didn't the like Roman inspired guy guys call themselves Kaiser's Legion? Or something like that, which is actually correct. And a bunch of people were like, what the hell? Why don't they say Caesar? Like, <laughs> which is incorrect. You know what I mean? Like, yep. there, that's this guy didn't bring that up, but I'm pretty sure that was a whole other thing that was actually correctly done in the game. Well, you um, know about the backstory about, like, Nick Brecken, like, really, like, wielding a pretty, like, iron fist on Fallout New Vegas. Overall, Bethesda release games. And then when moved on to Skyrim, there was sort of this power struggle for pronunciation mm. between him and the creative director. Yeah. Yeah. So. Todd Howard won that one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, surprised you didn't know right, that. Yeah, no, I, yeah. A lot of inside baseball there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Video games. Video games. We made good on our pr- promise at the break, so check out the blog if you want to see what tennis yeah. looks yeah. like. It's T-E-N-N-N-E-S by one of the Vlambeer guys. Mm-hmm. And you'll find oh, that. Oh, wait, who's that guy at Bethesda? Todd Howard. Oh, I, what's his what's his real name? On this October thirty first episode, Todd Howler. Oh, that's better. That's Thank right. you. It's what Halloween. Were you thinking of? Oh, I was thinking of that because it's Halloween. That's all. I was trying to get someone else to make one up because I had no idea. <laughs> it, was, it was probably going to be Todd Howler as well, though, because there's where else is that going to go? Yeah. Anyway, there's a, a Wolfman made that tennis game. <laughs> True. Okay. Bookcast is going to be delayed a week. Oh, yeah. Because we're in crunch. <laughs> it's a good place. Bye, to guys. <laughs> you know, I read the entire Wikipedia page for Ludo <laughs> after recording last week. What's the most boring, pointless game? Not as boring as reading the Wikipedia page for it. <laughs> Probably true. Good job. By the way, have you, you read know that in the UK, Clue is called Cluedo? Yeah. Yes. That's the dumbest shit. And they get French. all fucking uppity I think it's because it originally it's, a, it's like a French No, it's, it's a pun on Ludo. It's Clue plus Oh, Ludo. that's fucking stupid. It's that's really, some classic yeah. British bullshit. Yeah.
This is going to be a short ass episode. Mm-hmm. It's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>